Welcome to Wellbeing Wednesday, everyone. We are flying through this term. So, how's your week been? I have been hearing such brilliant reports from across the teaching staff about how awesome you all are and how well you are learning and how much you are learning. We are so, so proud of you and your parents for being so positive and engaged in this half term. And only a few more days to go until the half term holiday. Well done all. (laughs) So let's get on with today as we have a true master of all things well-being with us on this episode as well as the concluding part of the Mr. and Mrs. game and a really, really inspiring poem. It's gonna be a good one. Let's see what fun we have in store today. So we could not have a well-being Wednesday without having this next guest on as he wears so many well-being hats with his pastoral, professional, and and in his personal life too. He has experience, wisdom, and expertise in so many areas about how to feel mentally, physically, and emotionally well. He is a ferocious reader and learner, and he has this curiosity about the world around him that is both infectious and inspiring to the many of us who are lucky enough to be in his team. Now, already described on the podcast this week as the nicest man you could meet. He really, really lives his life encouraging, supporting, and inspiring those in his care to be the very, very best that they can be. He leads by example with discipline, passion and excellence, both as a player of sport, a coach in the classroom, and indeed in his new-ish role as a dad to the lovely Lily. It's such an honor today to have Mr. Mike Naylor on the podcast. Hi, Mr. Naylor. Hi, Miss Ferguson. And wow, you might have to give me a minute after that. That is quite quite an introduction, but thank you so, so much. And thank you for inviting me on here. These, these introductions are um, the easiest to write, actually. They don't, they, uh, you know, they just fly off the pen because there's, you know, we've got such a great, we've got such amazing, amazing teachers at our school and you, um, it's just such a great honour to have you here today. I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Massive, can't believe you're 12 in at the moment. That's, that, that is crazy. And uh, Season two, coming to an end. And, and after so many stellar guests as well, it feels like a bit of a come down. I mean, you, James Schoen last week was unbelievable. And then, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Elliot, the uh, Harry and Meghan of Heath Mount. It feels like <laughs> you just rolled out, rolled out Mr. Tumble after some royalty. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Not at all. Wait till we're going to find out after this interview who wins that Mr. Mrs. There's a bit <laughs> of a turnaround, I'm not going to lie um stay tuned it's a good one it's a good one um so mr naylor you we have been uh well everyone in the school has been seeing you so much on their screens mr wicks eat your heart out because we've got our very own mr naylor that has been quite an incredible feat that you and your team have uh put together what's it been like yeah i mean it's it's, it's so much fun to put together and I think we are so lucky, you know, led by Mr. Elliot and, you know, Miss Pryor and Mr. Stevenson. We just push each other along. You know, it's, it's like 
what, Mr. Elliot, you've just done a session dressed as a bear. And Mr. Stevenson, you've got a superhero outfit on. And, you know, Miss, Miss Pryor, you're getting the broomsticks and so asking kids to get socks out. There's, there's no room to kind of step back and just be comfortable. And I love working like that. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And the kids seem to, you know, they, they seem to have really taken to it. And oh, the parents I, in the background. I taught, I taught an English lesson yesterday, in fact. And all the kids were bright red. <laughs> had literally got sweat dripping down their faces. I was like, it's a hot day down there. And they were like, we've just had a session with Mr. Taylor. <laughs> oh, so I just don't want to get too used to it though. I mean, it's just, it's, it's great. And, and I love this sort of thing and the challenge of it, but there's, there's nothing quite like being on the field. They're really- Oh, fab. Well, we've got a few, um, you know, I know that you're missing your sport um, as a player as well, but you know, we've got a bit of a competition for you now. Um, you'll be very familiar with the quick fire round, Mr. Naylor. I don't want you to get, you know, I know that you think that you've heard them a few times. You're probably ready. It's actually harder than you think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's looking a little bit worried. This is the, like a glimmer of a doubt that I've seen ever in his eyes. Podcast I don't listeners. Like, I don't like the surprises. Okay. Right. Okay. You know the drill. Let's yep. go, nice and easy, nice and quick. Quick <coughs> fire round, Mr. Naylor. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Running or walking? Or oh, walking. Yeah, lots of laps I know that you've done with your buggy over the last 18 months <laughs> or so. <laughs> uh, early or late? Oh, late. I like to stay up late and, and, and watch TV yeah, and read and so on. Yeah, you get up as well, though. Yeah. Uh, text or phone call? Um, phone call, yeah. yeah. Coaching or playing? Oh, um, coaching. <laughs> he looks in pain right now. Uh, okay, this is, might be impossible for you to ask. Um, reception PE or scholars PE? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they are con two completely <laughs> different things. Um, oh, well. Oh, I, no, I can't. can't, I can't. can't They're both it. a shot in the arm. They really are. I mean, when, when you come in, like, no sleep, whatever. Both are a massive shot on the arm, and, and everybody should try both of those. So no sleep. And sure. I love it though that you just bounce from one to the next. Absolute, absolute legend. Well done. Um, okay, uh, summer Olympics or winter Olympics? Uh, summer. I know, and yeah. we definitely, definitely yeah. need to talk to you a little bit more about the Olympics, <laughs> but later on, um, rugby or football? Oh, um, football to play, rugby to coach. It's it's tennis or golf. Oh, um, I don't play lots of either actually, because cricket kind of takes. So, but um, tennis, tennis, yeah, I love squash as well. So it's a bit more. Cool. Um, one day cricket or test matches. <laughs> um, oh, wow, again. Quick fire round, Mister Naylor. Sorry, sorry, uh, test match, traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> but I like them both. <laughs> but I love it. Uh, bowling or batting? Bowling. Both of them or Stokes? Uh, Stokes. Lords or the MCG? Lords. Yeah, every uh, day. Lords. Would you rather have a ticket to the Ashes or the World Cup final? World Cup final. <laughs> uh, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Book or Kindles? Book. Sweet or savoury? Uh, savoury. Small group or big party? Small group. North or south? North. <laughs> year five or year six? Oh, no way. Not a chance. 
112 people are in those year groups and there's going to be 55 upset and they're I'm all amazing all 112 ah, are amazing guys he didn't even flinch there there was no way he was going to answer that question that's cruel chance but don't worry mrs nightingale couldn't do it either in her in her department so he's loyal through and through team um so mr naylor we've kind of got you on here with two hats on today um one, uh, just to find out what has been inspiring you and what you've been kind of um, thinking about in this last season. And the other is because it is Wellbeing Wednesday. And I know that you just have such a wealth of knowledge about, particularly today, just wanted to concentrate on, on this, you know, we've all been told so many times about how important it is to exercise during this season. Um, and I just wondered if we could just do a little bit of a deep dive, as you could explain what actually is it that make that exercise actually does to us, and why does it make us feel better? Because I know that you know there are some days where you just the sofa is calling you. You just think I'm not feeling great. I don't want to go outside. Um, why is it that we should push through that at this time just now? Yeah, well, as you said, that I mean, there's so so many um, benefits of exercise. Um, it's it's almost un undebated, really. Um, so yeah, I mean, the physiological side of things, um, it, you know, you can reel off the con the medical conditions, which it the kind of uh, stops really the um, diabetes, cancer, heart disease, and so on. But actually, it does give you a natural boost as well. It releases hormones that give us a natural natural boost um, to our immune system, to our mood. And all the knock-on effects there on the mental health. So uh, there is actually a physical side to it. It's um, you know it's, it's a similar sort of boost you get when you um, when you um, eat chocolate or something you really like, or you get that thrill of opening your Christmas presents. It's that same sort of boost, but with exercise, it lasts longer. It it, it because you're constantly beating your own challenge and seeing a physical change to yourself. The the, the adaptation then just goes on and on and on if you carry on. So. I mean, the importance of exercise in, in daily life is just, it's just, you just can't underestimate it. It's mm. um, so important. And yeah, I mean, it, it's the reason why as well. It was kind of introduced into schools. If you, you want to do a, a deep dive into the history of school sport, um, it was used to kind of control, uh, you know, boys in boarding schools and their um, way back, you know, and, con and control their natural competitiveness and, and channel it and then from that came competitive sport and the premier league if you like and so it, it's it's a natural thing as well and if you go even further back it's an evolutionary you know we, humans are meant to be on the move we are hardwired to move for our food for, to survive and and it's hardwired into us and um i think my lecturers at uni always said we've got um you know, we've got an, an ice age gene, but in a space age kind of environment, we, you know, we're, we're, we're meant to be moving around, but we've got all these distractions, which are trying to keep us, us anchored down. And, and uh, yeah, that's why it's so important to kind of get ourselves off that side. Oh, it's so inspiring to hear these different things and just to be reminded inherent part of who we are that, that, that is programmed uh, mm. to move and programmed to just to feel better in these hormones, these endorphins, you know, they're real and they um they really really do work um so i mean i know that uh you are naturally just a, a really positive person and you like to live your life in that way um is there anything that has really struck you in this season that you have been just really thankful for that you've been able to sort of reflect on 
Uh, yeah, well, there's lots, lots yeah. of things actually, but um, and there's not many answers which haven't been given. I don't think on this podcast, but it really is, you know, the opportunity to spend time with with my family, um, like a really concentrated time. And at first, it you know it can be it can be stressful like everybody because it's new. But you know all those experiences that I'm getting to see now, the first words and things, and and um, you know it's it's quite sweet being bossed around by a toddler because um, I get to see so much. And you know what I think cherishing that time as well. And and I know it is tough sometimes at home um, with the remote learning. But you know I think we'll look back on this chapter, and I think it is only a chapter. You know it's this one episode in a box, whatever you want to call it. It's quite cheesy and whatever. But um, you know, we'll look back and we'll be able to share those experiences together. And I think we'll all reflect back on it and talk about the time when it happened. And I don't think we're all up there, you know, back in March when this first got announced. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people and myself included, like, how am I going to cope? Me, 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 inward, yeah. inward, inward. And then, um, you know, you take stock and you, you kind of look around you and think, how are we going to achieve this together? And then, you know, eight, nine weeks down the line, it's, it's smashing it. And uh, because we're doing it together, and it's, it's crazy to think that, the panics that I had and probably everybody as well were, were even there because we, you know, it's like how we, where are we going to go next? And that's, you just got to keep looking forward. Yeah, you? just keep, it is that notion of keep, keep moving forward. Um, and I mean, you are a constant learner and, you know, I know that you're studying at the moment and, you know, how are you managing to, 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 uh, to fit everything in, but you're a really curious person <laughs> and um, you, you're, you're always asking questions and, um, and I think that's a really important, that's a really inspiring trait to have. Uh, is, is there any, what particularly, I know that you just devour information all the time. What particularly has been inspiring you just now? Well, I, I think everything that's, you know, everything that looks back at me in the screen and I get really nervous before I go into Zoom lessons. I do like this, there's a minute, there's a minute when, you know, you're the only person there looking back at yourself and you think, <laughs> oh, this is lonely. And, you know, I've cleared the house. I've moved the toddler upstairs. I've got my, my perfect, uh, you know, space to teach and there's nobody here. And all of a sudden you just get flooded with 50 people wanting to come in and then you, they just do it. They're doing it, what you're doing in front of them. And that's inspiring because, you know, um, there's nothing better, no better feedback than people yeah. just kind of grasping what you're, you're doing. And, you know, when you, Mr. Elliot, myself, Miss Pryor, uh, Miss Stevenson, we're going through this planning process. There's no, you know, we don't know if it's going to work necessarily. And it could be an absolute bomb, uh, but you know, it's inspiring to see everybody just cracking on. And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's. And yeah, there's that real collegiate spirit. I mean, I think mm. part of me is absolutely horrified at the thought of teaching every single child to the school. I mean, you guys are absolute superheroes for doing that. Well, I know that you have got um, about 17,000 four-year-olds waiting for you or whatever it is uh, to get going. But uh, Mr. Naylor, what a pleasure it has been to have you on the podcast. Uh, we're just waiting for just the right time. And this was exactly it um, to combine your uh, all of your superpowers together. <laughs> so uh, look forward to seeing you. I'll be seeing you in all kind of meetings in the days <laughs> to come. But um, thank you so much. And, and we're sending our love to to your family too and hope Aww. you're all doing well. So Aww. Thank you, Ms. Ferguson. And thank you again for all the work on this podcast. It has been an amazing addition to Heath Mount School. Like it's just served so many purposes for me, getting the little one down to sleep, distraction, <laughs> yes, just interesting. My gentle Scottish tilt has sent <laughs> yeah. your daughter to sleep on ready occasion. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Pleasure. All right. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
thank you so, so much, Mr. Naylor, for sharing your wisdom and kindness and energy with us today. And thank you for all that you are doing to keep us fit, healthy and strong. Now, I think I have had more emails about this next game than any other as people have been desperate to find out who the winners are of this gripping Mr. and Mrs. Battle. Now, we left on Monday with the Boyntons-to-be in first place. We had the Elliots, Nightingales, Spowitz, Gillams and Thompsons all battling to keep up with this newly engaged super couple. But can they keep it up? Well, there's only one way to find out. Don't go anywhere, Heathmount family. This is part two of Mr. and Mrs. Okay, into part two of this extraordinary quiz. Let's see how they get on today. The Boyntons are still ahead. Are they going to be the winners? Question number six. If they won the lottery as a couple, what would he buy first? Depends. Depends if he got to the money before before I knew about it. He would buy, if he was unchecked, he would buy a boat. I know that's what he would say. He would buy a boat. If I won the lottery, what would I buy first? Well, to be honest, the first things I would probably have to buy would be... Uh, couple of miniature pigs for uh, one of my daughters and uh, a pony each for so that that would be the first thing what would I buy for myself uh, that's an easy one it would be a boat um, I know exactly what sort I know what it would look like and um, yeah I would treat myself to a boat nothing too fancy but uh, I, I know exactly what it would be if we won the lottery the first thing I would buy would be a new car the car we've got now is not a car that I like. Um, we had to get it because we got a family. I had a nice car before that. And then Mrs Elliot persuaded me to get rid of it, to get a family car, and I hate it. If we won the lottery, I think Mr Elliot would buy a new car, probably a faster one than the one we've got at the minute, which is just full of baby things. If we won the lottery, I know for 100% that he would definitely buy himself a new bike. His dream bike. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, lottery win. I think Mrs Spout would make me upgrade my beaten up Toyota Corolla. That is incredibly reliable, but not the sharpest thing on the road. Um... However, I would probably prefer to buy a top-of-the-range bike to add to my growing fleet in the shed. He would definitely buy a new car. I think it would be a round-the-world cruise. Oh, gosh. I definitely know what I'd buy first. I think Mr Boynton would probably buy a car first. Or book a holiday. I think we would buy property first. We always talk about having a cottage around Hertfordshire with a little thatched roof. Um, and I think we'd probably buy a little condo out in America or something like that as well. So property would probably be the first thing we bought. 
He is definitely Mr. Sensible when it comes to money, so I think he would pay off the mortgage and probably buy some other houses or, or more properties. He definitely thinks you need to invest money sensibly. He would not let me go out and have a big spending spree. He would he would say that we needed to invest that money. In. And I think he probably would give some to charity as well. He, he'd just be... You know, like there would be no Lamborghinis in this house or, or Ferraris or anything like that. It would be really, really boring, sensible, sensible investment, sensible giving, that kind of thing. At the moment, probably a holiday, um, a really nice holiday somewhere that um, we could go as a family. That would be incredible at this moment. A closely fought quiz, this one, with correct answers. They are from the Nightingales with a boat, the Elliots with a car, and the Spowitz with a bike. What is going to happen next? Now, that means that the Nightingales are in joint equal first, with the Boyntons to be everything to play for. Let's see how they answer this next question, which was, what is she most scared of snakes i am i am petrified of snakes i don't even like looking at them in a book i don't like their markings i don't like the way their tongue moves in and out i don't like the way they move across the ground i just i, I really i really do not i do not like snakes oh this is an easy one for me uh, mrs nightingale does not like snakes at all even slightly even a picture of one um, which led to a, quite a few hilarious moments in Kenya where there are a lot of snakes and we see them quite often. But uh, she's not a big fan. That's definitely the, the answer to that one. Uh, I think she's probably scared of two things. First thing is uh, spiders. So often I get woken up in the middle of the night because there's a spider in the bathroom, which I've got to get. And then the other thing I think she's probably scared of is uh, not being married to Mr Elliot. I think she's definitely scared of that. Um, I'm most scared of sharks and spiders. Unfortunately, I'm definitely most scared of spiders. I'm absolutely petrified of them. And um, Mr Spout has come to my rescue many a times. She's most scared of spiders, definitely. Constantly catching them and having to safely release the little blighters. The kids being ill. That's a tricky one. Apart from I've never seen a scary movie. Maybe spiders, I would say. Either spiders or clowns. I'm definitely equally terrified of both. Public situations. If she was put in a public environment and she was quite uncomfortable in it for whatever reason, I think she's scared of the sort of like being humiliated maybe in public. Um, I have a ridiculous phobia of fish. I really can't stand them. It really irritates Mr Gillum. I know he thinks it's it's ridiculous. It all stems from when we kept goldfish as when I was a child and... um. Unfortunately, they didn't survive very long and I just, I can't bear fish. I don't like the way they move. I don't like the way they look. I really hate swimming with them, which Mr Gillum loves. 
So um, that's that's my biggest fear, ichthyophobia, is the, the technical name for it, fear of fish. That is an easy one. She is most scared of fish. She's always had a phobia about fish. Um, so she's really, yeah, really scared of fish, I think. Lots of animals there. Spiders seems to be the thing that our Heathmount couples are most scared of, which means, though, that we have an... Uh, we have a change in the leaderboard. We actually have the Nightingales and the Elliots equal first with the Boyntons to be dropping into silver position. This is just three questions to go. I just, frankly, I don't know how you're coping with, with the tension here. It's certainly very exciting at my end. The next question I asked them was, what is his favorite meal uh, he always orders a pie if we go out for dinner to the to the local pub so yeah probably pie he likes pie oh if i was treating myself it would be beef wellington but i'd have to say my kind of usual go-to favorite meal if you like if we're out and about i do like a pie um various flavors it's a bit like good ales. That's half the fun is uh, trying trying the different ones. But um, yeah, pie and chips um, would be my go-to favourite meal, definitely. My favourite meal is uh, curry. Oh, no. Um, I suppose if, we, if it was a takeaway, he likes a curry. And if it was a meal we had at home, he really likes risotto at the minute. I think... I think he would say his favourite meal would be steak and chips. Is steak and chips. Probably a chicken tikka masala or I might to think one of my roast dinners. Indian, I think, I would say. Oh, that's hard. Um, I think either fajitas or any sort of Nando's. For both of us. Um... I think it'd be like we, when we go out to restaurants, we order a lot of shearing platters and tapas. So possibly that. Um, mine in particular would be steak. I think he's a roast beef and Yorkshire pudding man. I think coming from Yorkshire, you know, if he gets a really, really good piece of beef topside and then all the, all the trimmings, I think that's his favourite. For my starter, I would have to say it would be parma ham and melon. Um, for my main course, it would be roast lamb, but with Yorkshire pudding and a very thick gravy. And for dessert, I would have to say Mrs. Gillen makes some incredibly good profiteroles, so I'd probably say those if I had a choice. And after that round, it is still the Nightingales and the Elliots neck and neck with some delicious food there. Very, very well played, everybody. It is, you know, the, the, the race is on for the medal to get on the podium here. And dare I say the race is a little bit on for the wooden spoon. Two more questions to go. And what a lovely thought this next question is. Where would she most like to go on holiday? Um... I would quite like to go somewhere really hot and uh, 
really restful. I'd love to go to the Caribbean. I've never ever been to the Caribbean. It looks just lovely. I'd like to go there and have somebody bring me a coffee as I sit by the pool. That'd be sort of my dream. Yeah, I'd really like that. Mrs Nightingale would most like to go somewhere in the Caribbean um, to an all-inclusive, lovely resort. She's always wanted to go to Jamaica, but uh, any nice Caribbean island uh, on an all-inclusive would be her ideal holiday. Mrs Elliot, I think she probably, like, it changes quite often where she'd like most like to go. I think the place that we talk about a lot at the minute is going to New York. So I'm going to say I think Mrs Elliot would most like to go to New York. I would most like to go to Bali on holiday because that's where we were supposed to go on our honeymoon. But we never made it. Somewhere that I've always wanted to go on holiday and would absolutely love to visit and take the family... Um, would be the Maldives, definitely. I think she would say the Maldives. Maldives? I've always wanted to go to the Maldives. Somewhere in America. Or Thailand, I think. I think she would most like to go on holiday to either Florida or Thailand. She likes to go to Thailand. Um, I'm going to stick with Florida. Florida, I think. This is a really poignant question at the moment, isn't it? Because we can't really go anywhere. But um, if we could, (laughs) I would probably want to return to Sardinia. We've had some really lovely holidays there, going to a beautiful hotel that we know, and um, just go and read some books on those lovely Sardinian beaches and eat gorgeous Italian food and mix with lovely Italian people, see the beautiful sights. So, yeah, I would probably want to go back there if we could. I would definitely say it would be somewhere hot with a lovely beach. So I will go for the Caribbean, I think. Um, Anywhere in the Caribbean, I think she'd just love to go there. Oh, bit of a difference of opinion there with the Elliots, New York, Bali, both great options. But that does mean that the Nightingales have edged ahead going into the final round. We currently have Nightingales in gold position, Elliots, joint silver with the Boyntons to be, and in bronze, medal position so far, we have the Spowitz. This really is every thing is on the line in this final question, which is, what is the worst present that he has ever bought you? Oh dear. Yes, Mr. Nightingale, he he thinks he's aced presents. He thinks it's a real triumph, but I don't always feel the same. So, for example, I sent him a Valentine's Day card once when we were first together. And the next year, he kind of chopped it up, reconfigured it and sent it back to me. He thought that was incredibly romantic. And I personally, not so much. Um, also, he gives gifts that kind of seem like they're going to be brilliant they start really well so for example he'll say um 
happy birthday, I'm going to take you to a show and I think, oh, I love shows, I love going to the theatre, that's brilliant and I'm kind of waiting for my gift-wrapped ticket. But then he will follow that up with, uh, yeah, all you've got to do, you've just got to decide which show you want to go to, which day you want to go on and just book it and we'll go. And that's where I kind of think, mm, that's not really a gift, that's more just a concept, it's just more an idea. Um, to me, a gift involves unwrapping something. I'd like, you know, the box with a little ribbon, some wrapping paper, and I open it, and there's the ticket. Or if not the ticket, then the booking receipt or something. Yeah, just like an actual ticket, really. Not just an idea. This is a tough question. The worst present that I have ever bought. Um... Now, this is difficult because I do try to be very thoughtful and I do try to listen and uh, <laughs> I quite regularly think I've nailed it and got something uh, very thoughtful and very good and then it turns out that that wasn't quite the case. So I would struggle to narrow it down to one, to be honest. Um, there have been a few. Can I just say <laughs> there's been a few bad presents and leave it at that. What is the worst present? You know what? I'm not going to blow my own trumpet here, but I think I'm pretty good at buying presents. Um, one time as a joke, I bought her a coffee mug with Peter Andre on it. So I think that might be the worst thing, but it was more of a joke present than anything else. Because Mrs Elliot loves Peter Andre. Uh, Mr Elliot's never bought me a bad present. Sorry, all of his presents have all been amazing. And oh my goodness, the worst present that he ever bought me, it was hysterical looking back. It was some Rimmel and Barry M makeup from Superdrug. Couldn't actually believe it and I don't think I've ever let him forget it either. So, yes. Worst present I've ever bought her. <laughs> uh, it was probably on behalf of the girls on Mother's Day, I took them out because they wanted to buy a Mother's Day present. I asked them where they wanted to go and they proceeded to buy a load of Rimmel makeup, which I thought was top, top quality stuff. So I let them buy it. We wrapped it up, um, you know, nail varnish, lipstick, all that sort of thing. Um, and then she got it for Mother's Day and it did not go down well at all. Probably a pen. <laughs> um, hmm, tricky. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Oh, this is tricky because Mr. Boynton is very good at buying presents. He's surprisingly very thoughtful. But I think probably a pair of pyjamas that were actually too small, but that's better than being too big. I think the worst present could possibly be... <laughs> And it's because it's a little bit selfish. For one Christmas, I needed... We, we always do a little bit of a uh, how much we're going to spend on each other. And I needed to make it up. So I wanted an Amazon Alexa. But I bought one for Miss Pargetta so that we had an Amazon Alexa. <laughs> so that's probably the worst thing I bought her. He tends to put a lot of thought into his presents. But then when they... When they get handed over, 
all that thought just gets packed into the box and then it just translates into something that sometimes can be a bit utilitarian. <laughs> so for example, a couple of Christmases ago, he bought me a bread maker, which was really thoughtful because I had talked about wanting to make bread and he'd obviously paid attention. But you know, on Christmas day, when you're sat there and you're waiting for the beautiful scarf or the piece of jewellery and you open it up and you've got a thing that makes bread... That's not really what you're hoping for. So I remember that probably was one that was a bit like... Ugh. I know what the worst present she ever bought me was. Um, but what's the worst present I've ever bought her? I would probably say it's whenever I use my own initiative and buy her things like clothes. Um... And then she will normally just humour me and then uh, about two days later she will take them back and exchange them. Um, but most of the time she will generally give me very strong clues and hints as to what to buy her in the first place. Bread makers, bad makeup, Alexas, come on boys. Except for Mr Elliot who is an aced gift buyer. Perhaps you can uh, help your colleagues, Mr E, with some uh, Christmas shopping this year. <laughs> but that does mean that the Nightingales have done it. They are the Heathmount podcast, Mr and Mrs winners. Uh, and they have got the gold medal. Well done, you. And in a very dramatic ending, there has been a shift in the final ranks as the Boyntons-to-be have been knocked off the podium and the Elliots are in silver position. The Spowitz charging towards the finishing line and picking up the bronze. What a battle! <laughs> Thank you all so, so much. It's been gripping! How are we going to recover from all this excitement? Oh, I know. I think we need a story. Now, we are in for a real treat today as we have not only a brilliant storyteller with us, but also a masterful lover and teacher of literature, words, and adventures. Her enthusiasm and knowledge is beyond infectious, and her energy and passion equally inspiring. She is a very busy, hard-working lady, but I am thrilled to finally welcome to the podcast our Head of English. Miss Broom. My goodness, Miss Ferguson. I've been, I've been teaching exaggeration to year six the last couple of weeks. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Honouring those people who are good enough <laughs> to come on. So, Brill. So, we're obviously here to talk about, I mean, we could talk about books all day long, and we often do, but um, we're, we're obviously here today just to sort of pick your encyclopedic brain about um, books that you are loving just now or books that you loved when you're little and then maybe tell us a bit about what you've chosen to read to us today so let's start at the beginning what books what books are you reading at the moment or 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 that you maybe love to read that you just want to share with us well I'm actually really excited at the moment because I one of the perks of my job is I get to pick the world book day theme yeah so we've had some gorgeous themes the last couple of years but every time i give you a new theme i really like to do some reading around that theme myself and so i can produce a, a reading list which 
probably will, the newest one's probably going to go out around Michaelmas term next school year. So I know, I think I told some of you, but if I haven't, it's a brand new announcement. Our World Book Day theme for 2021 is science fiction. <gasps> wow. Oh, I can already see the... Um... I'm the very kitchen excited. Foil, kitchen oh, the costume. foil costumes. Oh, the <laughs> so, um, as a start of, I'm just the beginning of thinking about what we're going to do, and my very first job is to do lots and lots of reading. So, I've been reading some fantastic science fiction books for young adults and middle grade students. Um, I'm currently in the middle of a thing called Orion Lost, uh, which is by Alistair Chisholm. Um, I'm only halfway through it, but what I've read so far is fantastic. It's a book about a group of young cadets who are on a mission to a new colony and then something goes wrong with the ship and all of the parents end up asleep and all the children have to take over and look after the ship and like protect oh, the ship. Wow. Amazing. What a thought. I bet a lot of them will think that that's a great plan for about five <laughs> yes. minutes. Who's, it's wonderful. who's gonna cook my supper? <laughs> so I'm looking for excuses now instead of doing things I should be doing like you know the washing up and you know the ironing and that sort of thing I'm instead finding excuses to go and read this book because I'm so I'm so into it at the moment. Oh how wonderful well I'm sure that we will all um, really really look forward to to these book lists that are coming out and um, it's always great to have new suggestions and these these sound really really exciting um, and I'm sure that the uh, the podcast listeners out there will be doing a bit of their own research now about some science fiction or maybe some suggestions of theirs oh, as well. Yes, please do send me your suggestions. I'm always looking for book suggestions. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, we can't wait. That's something really to look forward to in the in the uh, season ahead. Fab. So um, just thinking about today, what have you chosen to read to us? I know you're such, it must be such a difficult decision. It's uh, trying to pick <laughs> one thing but um, could you just share with us what you've chosen? I think it was almost going to be difficult until Mrs. Cooper did me a favour and she sent me an email about this fantastic new collection called The Book of Hope. Now, The Book of Hope is a collection of poems and sh um, short pieces of fiction um, from a wide variety of writers that you would probably know. It's edited by Catherine Rundell and it's just an excellent well-timed collection of stories mm -hmm. that encourage us to maybe think about our current situation and this unusual time we're living through in a in a different way it's worth saying as well that we always find that when things are a little bit unusual a little bit tricky most lots of people find solace find hope uh find peace through their reading and this book really thinks about that and it thinks about giving us these a way to focus our current experience wow and the best thing about it is it's free totally free totally free it's, but, and i know that mrs cooper who again what what a resource she is an actual living legend yes she has the most wonderful book brain i think is what is the only way i could describe it um <laughs> But she, um, I know that she featured that this book in the Griffin, I think it was two weeks ago, and yes. shared the link. Now, I will share the link again on the podcast summary today if you want to have a look at this wonderful resource that so generously has been given um, to the world uh, in this season um, for, for free for people to dive into. 
and uh, as and um, when they need it. And I think we need to say as well, I think that Mrs. Butt, who is our fantastic uh, literacy coordinator down in pre-prep, also I think I think originally found that book for us and shared it with our community. Yeah. So again, our great community of readers here at Heathmount doing wonderful work. Oh yes, well she, uh, Mrs. Butt, we had a friendship, of course, we heard from her in our last episode. Ah. And so she, uh, yeah, she is, she is a really, really amazing um, source of, of uh of literary goodness we're feeling a lot of love today Mrs. Fergs and I can like aren't we <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> the podcast is all about um so uh what what, what have you chosen out of this book to uh, share with us today I've been liking this idea of finding opportunities in uh, the idea that maybe we, there's lots of things we can't do at the moment but there's also lots of things that we can mm. so I found this great poem by Maz Evans so Maz Evans some of you might know her book Who Let the Gods Out and mm. um, she's written this charming little poem it's a very simply written poem but it's got a lovely message in it about how we can remember what we already have rather than maybe dwelling on what we're missing at the moment. Mm. So her poem is called The Greatest Gift. Great. Well, we absolutely cannot wait to hear this. And I cannot recommend this book highly enough. Uh, if you're just looking for something to dip into at bedtime or, you know, maybe uh, across all age groups, uh, it is. And if, and if you uh, are able to kind of spread the word about this, this gift to um this free gift of of this wonderful words from the best of the best so i'm going to hand over to you um thank you so much and uh we yeah we're counting the days till we can all be back at school hope to see you soon but thank you for your joy um and thank you for your fun lessons you're welcome we'll see you all soon guys okay god bless bye the greatest gift there's a buzz inside our cupboard, a tingle in the air. They're coming, whisper teddies as the dollies brushed their hair. Your jigsaws are in pieces, your chemistry is set, your water pistols cannot wait to get somebody wet. It's the moment we were meant for, that long-awaited day, the greatest joy of all we toys when you want us to play. We've waited in our boxes, or lingered in a pot. We've sat in darkened corners, all the toys that you forgot. But now, you're home together. The day has finally come. Let's play that game, we hear from Dad. Where is that toy, says Mum. So make believe you're pirates, or be a puppeteer or learn to knit that fluffy scarf that Santa brought last year. We arts and crafts are standing by to make the world look better. So why not help us spread the joy and send us in a letter? We board games are all ready to host an epic fight. Just make sure that your adults all play fair and stay plight. We're just so glad to see you. We're always standing by to help you fill your days with fun and make the hours fly. We might be gifts from birthdays or gifts from Christmas time, but now we get the greatest gift, the gift that is your time. 
Thank you, Miss Broom. It's always so fun to talk books with you. And this book in particular is absolutely wonderful. The Book of Hopes, I've put the link into the podcast summary. You know, it's got 110 children's writers and illustrators, including Lauren Child, Anthony Horowitz, Greg James, Michael Mapergo, Francesca Simon, even Jacqueline Wilson. It's been dedicated to the doctors and nurses and carers, porters, cleaners and everyone working in hospitals just now. Please, please take a look. It's really wonderful. And you are all really wonderful too. Thank you all so much for all those who've been on the podcast today and thank you for listening. We will see you on Friday for the season two finale. We cannot wait. Bye for now.